Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm doing the audio again. So we're hoping this is good. <laughs> You're going to be great at this. I'm like so scared of our recorder. Oh my gosh, guys. Today is our last in-person recording living in the same apartment building when Grace still lives in New York. Yeah. So we're doing this one a little ahead of time because I move in two days. So we didn't want to be rushed and like be scrambling to like find equipment when I pack it and move. Yeah. So even though in physical time, in real life, Grace lives in Charleston. She still lives in New York now. I do. Grace, I'm so sad. I know. I'm so sad. It's really weird. This weekend was very – we'll get into it in our highs and lows, but this weekend was very emotional. Has it hit you yet? No, like a little, but like more like right now I'm in like crisis mode. Like I've just got like a lot to do and pack and like all these things I have to clean out and so much stuff to go through and throw out. And um, and it's funny because I I felt like I've been doing this for – three months, like purging and stuff. But then I like, I'm giving Alex my credenza and that's like full of shit, like craft supplies and like podcast equipment and old cameras and like things that I just, I'm like, why do I have all of this? Moving is the best impetus to purge things. Yes, it is. So there's a lot to do. T- and I have dinner, t- one last friend dinner tonight. And then, yeah. But um, before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by Night, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow. So if you want to get a better night's sleep, you need to check them out. We are obsessed with our night pillows, um, and we're going to tell you more about it later in the episode, but you can take 20% off site-wide with code BOPNIGHT at discovernight.com. So shall we talk about it? Shall we we do some highs and lows? Yeah. What's your high? My high? Well... One high just happened. I got a vaccine appointment. That's so exciting. Um, for this Friday. It's at um, MUSC, which is like the medical center in Charleston. That's amazing. Because I just – all like today there was like big news. We got all of these um, things opened up. In Charleston, right now, if you're 16 or older, you can get a vaccine. And in New York, it opened up to everyone over 30, I think, tomorrow. That's so exciting. So I'm pumped. I'm getting my first one on Friday. I like cannot wait. You know I hate needles and like pass out like at the mere thought of a needle. Grace, it is obviously worth it. It's totally no worth matter it. how traumatizing. No, I'm just saying like I I got my flu shot this year for the first time ever, and I was like so scared of the flu shot. It was fine. It's totally fine. I know. You got um, Botox. You get you voluntarily get needles in your face. You can I get know. a needle in your arm. Botox needles are like acupuncture needles, though. It's like nothing. This is nothing. It's fine. I am so excited. So that's a huge high. Um, And then my other high was it was a really fun weekend. Um, It was just perfect. I had a friend visiting me, and we had dinner with my family on Friday. So um, Becca, Steve, me, my cousin Sarah, her boyfriend, um, so the six of us all went to dinner, and it was amazing. Um, We had, like, really good Italian food and probably, like, a few too many Negronis. And then on Saturday, things like got a little wild. Like, it was a little rowdy. It was rowdy. So um, we went to dinner at Lulu, which you guys all need to go to Lulu if you live in the New York area. It was so fun. The cocktails were so good. I think the food was pretty good from what I remember. I had too many of the really delicious cocktails. No, it was a really fun dinner, especially the appetizers were really good. The appetizers were great. And they have these really fun drinks that come in these like bird glasses. They're beautiful. Did you see my story today? Um, Amazon sells those bird glasses. Oh, so cute. Yes. And it's like $45 for a set of four, which cute. is pretty reasonable. So I'm going to order those when I get to Charleston. Like I no love more, that. No more Amazon purchases until I'm settled. I love that. Um, so we had so much fun. Then we went over my friend Alex's house upstairs like, and drank more and danced. And um, I, th- I mean, it wasn't terribly rowdy. Like I think we're home by like one or two. I got. I went. I was the first to leave. I left at one thirty. Oh, it was one thirty when you went home. Yeah. So I was probably up till two thirty. Um. Okay. So it was a late. It was an, It was a wild one for for COVID and and pan, I'm like not not used to like drinking and and dancing and. Oh, it was yeah. definitely my wildest night in over a year. Oh, it was easily my wildest night in over a year. So that was really fun. And um, I saw Zoe. I had had one last visit with Zoe and my sister. Oh, other high is I can finally say this. My sister Becca, like I've known this for like six months now. Like I think she was pretty sure she was going to move even before I was. Um, they're moving to Charleston too, so um, they're moving. I think at the end of summer. So that was a high as well. So yeah. many good things. So many good things. I am 
pretty stressed right now, but um, there's so much to be happy and thankful for. Yeah. I can't believe I'm getting vaccinated. I feel I'm like the last of like all of our friends, I think, and like everyone I know. But it's happening. It's happening. I'm ready. Um, What about you? My high was also your going away dinner and that night out. It was so fun. It Um, was really fun. That restaurant is so fun. Yeah. And it just felt – I don't know. It felt like a slice of normal, just like having a fun night out in the city. And, you know, I I feel like I've been into Manhattan a handful – like less than 10 times since COVID started. Yeah. Um, I've been in more than that, I think. But, Yeah. So it was just in tr- like trying a new place that I haven't been before. It was it was so fun. It was fun to try a new place. I feel like we haven't really done that in pandemic times. It's no. just been like the, f- the this- three outdoor places that we trust. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, so that felt like – I mean, it felt a little risque actually, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about lows? Um, my low is that I completely hit a wall on Sunday. And I kind of knew what was going to happen. So I had my super busy week last week with all of our recording for Rom-Com Pod Season 3. And remember, in podcast time, we recorded last week's episode on Friday and now it's Monday. So yeah. not much time has passed. We're in like a weird time warp with the podcast right now. Um, so I had my really busy week. And then I just feel like I was um, – I had a lot of social plans this weekend. And not that I wasn't excited about them, but I – had social obligations when I very much wanted to just lay on my couch by myself and yeah. refill. And so um, on Friday night, Rachel and I had a little celebration to toast that we finished recording. And then on Saturday, my friend Allie was here visiting her sister who lives in the city. So I went and had brunch with her. And then we had your big night out on Saturday. And yesterday I was just like zonked. Yeah. So I totally hit a wall, but I actually feel much better today. I I didn't have any plans yesterday, and I decided to give myself the day off from doing any work, even though I have a lot of work to do. So I gave myself the day off. I I napped. I read the better part of a book, and I woke up this morning, and even though I don't feel – I don't feel shiny and new, but I feel functional. Yeah. I feel functional today, which is good. Yeah. What's your low? Um, my low is just that today it kind of sucks. I got my period. Um, I'm stressed about work. I'm stressed about moving. Um, and I'm coming off of like a wonderful weekend. I'm just like, blah. Oh, and I locked myself out of the apartment earlier. No. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, when you have like such a good weekend and like everything's going great and then you're just like, I was prepared. I was mentally prepared. I was like, yep, today's going to suck and I'm going to be okay with it. And it has sucked. <laughs> But I have really bad cramps. And I think it's, it's just like it's hard when you're stressed because like, I, you know, working for yourself, like I often plan for like the first day of my period. This is like TMI. But like I know that it's going to be a bad day. So I give myself a lighter workload. But because I did not look at my computer all weekend and was like partying like a rock star on Saturday night, <laughs> um, I have a lot to do today. Oh, I'm and I, sorry. Like, I just hurt all over. I'm sorry. I feel for you on that one. Yeah. But it's fine. Um, I mean, the, honestly, the high of getting that vaccine appointment today, I was just like, oh, there is a small light at the end of the tunnel. Well, yeah. should we get into our topic at hand? We didn't even tell people what it was. Yeah. So our topic today is like childhood nostalgia. So we're going to tell you what we were like as kids, what our favorite snacks and toys and books and collections were. Um, yeah, I think it's a fun one. Just getting deep into the nostalgia. Yeah. So wait, Grace, tell me, what were you like as a kid? I was a weirdo. I mean, <laughs> like – Just one word. I was a weirdo. I mean, I was a weird, ugly duck, like, to for one thing. Like, I, um, I didn't hit puberty until, like, junior year of high school. Um, I was, like, really, really short and really, really small and also very strange, which, like, I think that weird kids make the best adults, like – um, I don't think your audience on Instagram or on the podcast or on your blog realize how strange you are. <laughs> I mean that as a compliment, but yeah, it, it's I not mean, to say you've fully grown out of being strange. No, I'm still weird. Um, yeah, so I was always doing something. Like I was always finding a way to scheme my sisters out of their allowance money for one. Like my friend and I had a business that we called Elegance from England, which we neither of us had ever been to England, but we had this – we made these like paper dolls and um, we made these little clothes for the paper dolls and like out of fabric and sequins and glitter and stuff. And every 
I don't even know where we like got this, but like every few months we'd have like a new season of clothing and we would try and sell those to my sisters. I was really into um, going into my mom's like berry patch and picking all of the berries and then trying to sell them to my parents at the restaurant. You were a little hustler. I was a little hustler. I was always, I remember I was making these like Fimo clay gnomes. Like I did a lot of crafts and a lot of art projects um, and we would like, there was this Christmas store. And so my friend and I were like, we can sell these to the Christmas store. And he was like really nice. He's like maybe on consignment. And um, I was just always like, I was very entrepreneurial. It was very strange. I was really into the witches by Roald Dahl. I had like, um, I would dress up as a witch, like, cause you know, you ha- the witches would scratch their heads because they wore wigs and the witches had um, to wear gloves because they had really long fingernails. And so I would do that and I would scare my sister as much as I could. I remember one time my sister Meredith had um, the minister's daughter over from school and I told her that we had witches living in our woods. And um, like I offered to show her where they lived and take her into – because we had forts back there too. And we had like these little vegetable gardens in our forts and like all – it was really cool. But I um, I was like – I was a weird kid and I was like also kind of a bully to my sisters. And I think I was a little bit of a bully to my sisters because I got picked on a lot in school. Like I was just like – like a a weird ugly duckling and got like made fun of because like I had a giant forehead still do um had really frizzy hair also still do but have that under control a little bit um and like I remember these girls were just like you would be so much prettier if you just got bangs do you know what you why you don't have bangs when you have my hair type like Especially, like, not having access to, like, New York City salons and things. Like, just, like, the Cape Cod barbershop. And so I got bangs. And it was, like, a projectile halo of frizz coming out from the (laughs) top of my forehead. Um, And so in addition to the large forehead, I had this, like, horrible poof. Because I didn't know about straighteners or blow dryers or anything. I was the oldest child. And my mom didn't have, like, wild hair. So – yeah, I was um I was kind of a nerd, but I I had a fun chi- a really fun childhood. Yeah. What about you? Um I feel like all kids are weird. I was weird, but maybe slightly less weird. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm an only child, so I definitely spent a lot of my childhood entertaining myself in yeah. weird ways and and like needing being on my own a lot. So yeah. I definitely was like really into reading. Um I would like I was really into school. Like I remember I taught myself algebra when I was in elementary school at one point. And then I went into school and I like showed my teacher and I was like, look, I can do algebra, which is also a really useless skill. Yeah, that's crazy. I was um, really into school too, but more in reading, not algebra. Um, you were more advanced. Yeah, I was really into school. Um, I was also like very deeply into mall culture. Like when I was a kid, my favorite thing was to go to the mall. I was looking through our our notes and there were so many references to the mall. Grace, I loved the mall. I would say from probably like the time I was in like fourth or fifth grade through middle school and high school, my mom would take me and a friend. My mom was also a saint because I feel like the amount of schlepping people around she did because we would usually hang out at my house. Also, I always had sleepovers because I was an only child and I had two beds in my bedroom. Yeah. So – and then later when I was in like late middle school or high school, I pushed them together. So I had like a king bed, but I had two twin beds in my room. So I always used to have friends over. But um, like every weekend we would go to the mall and my mom would just like sit in the um, – there was like a little area that had a coffee shop with little tables and chairs and she would like sit there and read a book. Cute. And I would just go – What a good mom. – to the mall, which I was obsessed with, even if I didn't have money to buy anything. We went to the mall a decent amount too, but like not till I was like in in like high school. Oh, I was so into the mall. I was so into Bath and Body Works. I was so into all of those little stores like Deb and the Weather Vane. Oh, I loved the Weather Vane. And Forever 21. Mm -hmm. Um, And like when I was younger, like Limited 2, like I was so into the mall. Yeah. Even if I wasn't buying anything. Limited 2, I was so jealous because – by the time that was like a big thing, I didn't fit into their clothes anymore. Like oh. I was in adult sizes and they always had the cutest things. My sisters loved Limited too. Were you 
Were you the right age for Delia's? Yes. Oh, I love, I love the Delia's, Delia's catalog. I love the Delia's catalog. I was, you know, I this. Is- I was a very girly child. Like I was very into magazines when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I was very into like Barbies and makeup. And you were saying that you didn't have anything. You didn't do anything to your hair when you were a kid. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted a straight a straightening iron. Yeah, and I probably wasn't a kid. Like it was probably middle school age, and. Um, my mom wouldn't get one for me, and I remember stealing the the clothes iron. Oh and no! Iron? No, it, it worked great. And like ironing my hair with a towel underneath it, and like literally taking the clothes iron and ironing. How my did hair. you get like near your scalp? I'm sure I did a terrible job, and there was like yeah. a bump at the top. But yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that's very funny. I was really into the J. Crew catalog. Like I loved the J. Crew catalog. Oh, I don't I don't think I was aware of J. Crew until high school because I don't think my child any of my childhood malls had a J. Crew. Oh, this was high school. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. In high school it was all about Abercrombie and Fitch. I mean, honestly, I wore gap kids until my sophomore year of high school <laughs> because I was so small. So I, I know we've talked about this before, but like where did you grow up? What was it like? So I grew up on Cape Cod um, in a town called Dennis, which is kind of in the middle of the Cape. Dennis, I think, um, has some of the best beaches on the Cape. I feel like if you say that, then people will like yell at you because everyone has an opinion of which town has the best beaches. But I was about a mile from the beach. Um, It was a very nice place to grow up. Now, were there a lot of kids there? Were there a lot of year-round people? Because I feel like Cape Cod is a lot of vacation homes. Yeah. So there was – our, so my high school combined two towns. It was Dennis and Yarmouth. And I want to say that my graduating class was like 250 people. Okay. I think. Yeah. So it was still like a – there was a bunch of kids. Like, and there was a lot of year-round people. But it definitely like really like hustles and bustles during the summer. Yeah. Because a lot of people have summer houses there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it was a great place to grow up. And then like – I'm thinking more about like my older years, I guess, but I had the best like high school experience because I worked at my parents' restaurant like pretty much every night. Um, so I had money to do like all sorts of fun stuff and like buy my first car and all of that. And I also, um, I also got to go to the beach all day. So like my friends and I would go to the beach to like three, two, two thirty or three. Three was cutting it short. Run home and shower. I my house was connected to my parents' restaurant. So then I'd run out there like in my like white linen, my white button down shirt, my black pants, my like um, staff uniform and um, work until like 10 or 11 and then like go out afterwards and then do it all again the next day. Like what a fun, it was such a fun life. I remember when I got out of college and like I got a real job and <laughs> I think I was, I was making $40,000 a year and I realized like what that was like after like taxes and stuff and I was like I don't want to do that I want I want that life like and my parents were like no like you must continue your like start a career like oh same I waitressed in college and I made more money waitressing than I did at my first job and I I only my senior year in college I probably worked three I I worked four shifts a week I worked Tuesday night Friday night Sunday double yeah and um I made way more money than I did at my first job which was full time yeah. Nine to five. I would waitress all summer, like pretty much every night. And I would have enough money to like have spending money for the whole school year and like buy my books and stuff. Like it, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I miss – I like I think back about like Cape Cod summers and I miss that. Yeah. What about you? So I grew up when I was kid kid. Um, I lived in Connecticut in North Haven, which is like north of New Haven. And um, it's – like a pretty small town. I don't know how many people would have been in my graduating class if I'd graduated from there. I actually have no idea. Where was your mall? Um, there are multiple. So, I mean, there was one mall that we went to in Milford, I think it was. Okay. And there was the Meriden Mall. But then the good mall was um, in Weathersfield. Oh, what was that mall called? I don't remember. When you said malls, I was thinking about road trips because we had family in P- Pennsylvania and New Jersey, so we would always stop in Connecticut. And my favorite mall was the Danbury Mall. That's oh, in we Connecticut. We didn't really go to the Danbury. I don't know if I've ever been there. You mean yeah. the Trumbull Mall? I don't know. We called it the Danbury Mall. Hmm. Maybe there's a mall in Danbury. I don't think that was on our circuit. Or the outlets. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I was just like, because the mall, like there was a mall in Cape Cod and it's pretty good now, I think, if it's still even around. I don't know if malls are even still a thing. Um, So like going off Cape to the mall was like a big deal. The Braintree Mall? Oh, the Braintree Mall was amazing. Or wasn't it called the North Shore Mall? No, that's the South Shore. The South, South Shore Plaza. Plaza. South yeah, Shore Plaza. Yes. I love South Shore Plaza. And um, what was the other one? Oh, no, the North Shore Mall, which was near me in, in Bentley. Oh, yeah. I went when there I too to when I – because I yeah. – after college, I lived um, – or not lived. I worked in Wakefield, which is north of Boston. For Cape Cod, it was the Kingston Mall. Like we would mm. go there and like get all our new school clothes because there was an Abercrombie there. Okay. And um, there was like so many different places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I grew up in Connecticut and then I moved to Florida in high school, which was totally different. And at the time, I was really petulant about it because, you know, no kid wants to move when they're a teenager. Yeah. Um, But it actually ended up being really, really fun. And that was a weird experience because there weren't many kids there. So there was one high school for the entire county there. Um. Because, you know, it, it like the stereotype is at least where I lived in Florida, um, which is kind of um, outside of Palm Beach, what truly is all old people. Yeah. So, um, but that was really fun too, because again, we were right by the beach. And um, especially later in high school, when you had like off blocks, um, we would try to arrange it. So we had the last block of the day off. Yeah. So that. Then after lunch, we could just, like, leave and go to the beach. So oh, it was very fun. similar, like, a lot of going to the beach. Yeah. Um, And, like, I don't know. I feel like I wasn't super – I wasn't very well supervised in high school. So you know how I feel about unsupervised teens. <laughs> so we definitely got into some trouble. That's funny. My parents were so strict, which is, like, hilarious because now knowing them as adults, they're, like, kind of hippies and, like, just, like, pretty relaxed they just – they revealed later as an adult, they're like, we didn't know what we were doing. So we were just extra strict. I mean, I also lied a decent amount in high school. Like we would say – so my friend Gloria had very old parents. Okay. Um, Like to – like she was much younger than her older siblings. Oh, okay. And so her parents were like decently old and they were very <laughs> checked out. And so we would all lie and say that we were sleeping at Gloria's house and then we would go – do who knows what. That's so funny. And then, you know, come back to her house in the wee hours of the morning and her parents either didn't know or didn't care. Okay. She was always our excuse. Oh, that's that's good to have a friend like that. Absolutely. My parents, like, would check in on me even if I was at a slumber party. Oh, wow. Like, I remember one time we went to a school dance and then we went to IHOP after, afterwards. Like, literally went to IHOP and then went home. Like, no parties, no drinking. And my parents were so upset because I broke curfew because I got home after midnight. But it wasn't my – even at their house. Oh, wow. And so then they grounded me for a month. And then all of my friends got grounded too because they didn't know what to do. I was grounded for a lot of high school. I will say that. <laughs> but let I want to talk about some of our favorite things from when we were like kid kids. Yes. But first, let's take a quick ad break and talk about night. Yes. So we are night fanatics over here. And if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you've definitely heard us talk about our obsession with our signature night pillow. But today, we wanted to talk about some of our other favorite products from the brand because maybe you've already tried the pillow and become obsessed and you're looking to try something new, or maybe you're scared to take the plunge on the pillow and you want a lower-priced entry-level product. So we have some ideas. We sure do. So first, we have to talk about the scrunchies. I did not think it was possible to be so obsessed with a scrunchie, but here we are. It's a pandemic. Um, I can second that. I'm yeah. very obsessed with them. I um, never use hair elastics at home anymore. I um, love these scrunchies so much because they're silk, so they don't damage your hair, and they don't leave a crease, which is major because I like to go a few days between washes. Um, and I also sleep with one of them in quite often because it's just so much more comfortable than a standard hair tie. Yeah, I'm obsessed with them. And I also want to talk about their sleep eye mask. So I am really, really sensitive to light when I sleep. And I always and I always sleep with an eye mask on. And first of all, I love that nights doesn't stretch out. I've had one of mine, I have two of them, but I've had one of mine for almost two years and it's still perfect, like mint condition. 
And also, I love that it doesn't irritate my skin. So I've mentioned I have super sensitive skin. And as we've talked about with the pillow, because silk is hypoallergenic and it isn't a food source for bacteria, I never break out from wearing it. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have to talk about the silk face mask, especially as the weather is getting warmer here in New York. This is the mask that I reach for the most. It is super cute. It's just so pretty. The colors are beautiful. Um, But it's also really secure. I like that it has the adjustable ear loops so you get a nice snug fit. And the nose clip is really easy to like bend and maneuver around the shape of your nose to make sure that it fits securely and does not fog up your sunglasses. I also find this to be one of probably the most breathable masks. Um, And of course, again, you get those benefits of silk. So um, if you're looking to avoid mask knee, this is a good one. So we're legitimately such huge fans of this brand. So if you're ready to try any of the products we just mentioned or their signature night pillow, we have an offer for you. Head to discovernight.com and use code BOPNIGHT to take 20% off your first order of anything on their site. Again, that's code BOPNIGHT at discovernight.com to get 20% off your first order. Okay. Should we talk about our favorite childhood books? Yeah, I mean, there's a this is a bookish podcast, so I feel yes. like we need to talk about childhood books. Yes. So I was a big – I've always been a big reader. And again, I think it goes back to being an only child. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have – so we had one TV in the house when I was a kid, but we didn't have a TV in like – the living room family room. The TV was in my mom's room. So okay. I watched TV, but I didn't – it was it, – it wasn't that I needed, like, permission, but it was, like, not just, like, in the living room. Okay. So I definitely read a lot mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I remember specifically – so my Aunt Simone, um, who was my mom's older sister, sent this box of, like, classic books that were, like – I don't. I mean, I don't think they were like first editions or anything, but they were like old books. Yeah. Um. And I remember there was like Heidi and um. I can't like there were like grim fairy tales like the. Oh, I loved grim fairy tales. Yeah, and they were like they were like all these classics. And Aesop's Fables. And it made me feel, I don't know, really smart or cool to have these like old books, not yes. new ones. We had a lot of old books for my grandparents too. I was really into those. And then I was really into Shel Silverstein. Mm-hmm. I loved that too, where the sidewalk ends. And he had a few other. Yeah, there was a bunch, but that's the one too. that was my favorite. Also, I mean, you already mentioned it, but Roald Dahl, everything. Everything. I My favorites were James and the Giant Peach and Matilda. Those were my favorites too, except I loved, I loved the witches. I liked the witches, but I think James and the Giant Peach was was bigger for me. Okay. And I also, I loved, especially as I got into like middle school, I loved the chicken soup for the teenage soul oh my books. God. I loved those. Loved those. I, um, when I was a kid, we used to hang out at Barnes and Noble a lot mm-hmm. because my mom was actually a really big reader too. She liked, um, like more like mysteries, like, um, what is that woman's name? Not Danielle Steele, Nora. Nora Roberts. Yeah, Nora Roberts, and she liked, like, James Patterson books mm-hmm. and, like, those kinds of, like, yeah. mass paperbacks. So we would go to Barnes & Noble a lot. We'd also go to the library a lot when I was, like, a little kid. Um, but we we would spend, like, a ton of time in Barnes & Noble because my mom would be shopping for books, and then I would just, like – I have fond memories of Barnes & Noble, too, like, just sitting, like, on the floor, like, si- mm-hmm. like usually, like, finding, like, a craft book or something. Totally. And just sitting and reading while my mom looked for books. Yeah, I used to – I'm also just like perusing the YA section mm-hmm. or like the kids section. Yeah. Or going to Borders. We liked Borders a lot too. We didn't have a Borders. I just Barnes remember they had really good – I got really into like chai tea as a kid. Like I think mm-hmm. like there was some some kind of a sweet like chai tea latte that I was allowed to have. We were really into the Barnes & Noble Cafe in high school um, because you could just camp out there for hours. So we would get like a, a light frappuccino. Yum. At the Starbucks Barnes & Noble Cafe. And we would like study there and do our homework there. It was like our gathering place. That's how Duncan was for us. Because we didn't have a – we didn't have an actual Starbucks in our town until – maybe – I think I think until I went to college. Okay. What about you? What were your favorite books when you were a kid? So I just got this back. My favorite, favorite, favorite kids book was called Need a House, Call Miss Mouse – um, I've never heard of that. Oh, my God. It's the best book. Is it like a board book? Like how little it's a kid are you? Not a board book, but it's like a 
I'll show it to you. It's it's like a thin but wide book, but the pages are are not boards. They're like regular pages. And surprisingly, it's in perfect condition. But Miss Mouse is an architect and she builds these amazing houses for each of her um her clients and all the clients are animals. So there's cat has a house, fox has a den, um frog has a lily pad, which like the lily pad one is like the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's amazing. Um and I just think it's really funny cuz like I've always loved like interiors and uh, so and, and also animals and so that's so funny you really are who you are you as a are kid. who you are as a kid um and it's so funny because i had seen the book and i was thinking you know when you like think about things and i was like i don't know what this book was but, like this mouse was an architect and i like did some random googling and i found it and then it was like 500 dollars to get it what because it's totally out of print and i guess it's like a rare book now so I was, when we were in Charleston, my mom I had I had asked my mom about the book. I was like, I, I want this book. Do you still have it for me? She's like, No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Go to Charleston, and my mom has brought all these books over for Zoe, and it was one of them. It was one of them. I was like, I'm taking this. Oh, I also really liked when I was a kid, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, I don't remember that. It was like a, it was a book where it started raining meatballs. Okay, and I it was like a silly yeah kind of funny book i loved um the secret garden and the little a little princess oh did your class go through a bridge to terabithia phase oh we did i loved that yeah yeah um i also loved um you know i never really got into the babysitter's club books oh i but i was them. very into the um babysitter's club little sister books oh funny because I feel like I was like my sister's right age. Yeah, so I, I was, was older. I can't remember her name in, in those, but I was more into those than. I, and then by the time, I I skipped straight from that to Sweet Valley High. I, I okay. never really went through like the real Babysitters Club. Phase. Oh, I read every Babysitters Club book. Oh wow. Um. Oh, I also loved. This is not fiction, but I was obsessed with the Klutz books. You've talked about those so many times, and I do not know what that is. No. Klutz Press. So they had – I think the first one I got was about polymer clay and it came with all these different little clays and then like different craft projects you can make with it. Then there was like a beads one. Oh, I learned how to French braid from their braid book. Um, oh, there was a magic book that I was obsessed with. Oh, and there was a science one and it came with like agar gel and I grew bacteria in the um, in my mom's fridge. I'm sure she was psyched about that. Um, like she helped – I mean she helped me do it and stuff but like it was gross. They just had such cool books and each book came with like some stuff and it was like really cleverly um, all pa- packaged and put together. I'm I, So I just Googled it and I don't know if they've – I'm sure they've changed the branding since we were children. Yeah. But these do not look familiar to me. Oh, interesting. Well, I um, – But maybe it's just because the branding is different. I collected them. Like my mom knew what to get. Like she, she knew like that that's what I wanted for Christmas and for everything else. The magic one, though. Oh, my God. I just, like, I loved that book so much. And the science one. And the braids. That's how I learned how to, like, do an inside-out French braid and a regular braid. Like, I would have the book out. We'd be, like, on a road trip, and I'd be braiding my sister's hair. Did you have SSR in school? I don't think so. And I don't know if it was specifically for SSR, which was, like, sustained silent reading. But did you have that that big box, and it had different colored and leveled little books no oh i was so into that i was very competitive about reading i feel like in elementary school because you had levels i'm pretty sure they were colored and it was based on your reading comprehension level and so i was always very like competitive about getting to the next level and also i mean did your school have book it no but i'll tell you what we had we had something else Book It was um, the Pizza Hut one where over the summer, if you read enough books, you got a free personal pan pizza. So I feel like there were a lot of things as a kid that made me competitive about reading. No, I'm the same way. We had this presidential reading challenge, and I think it was like for every 20 pages, you you get like a star, and like 100 stars as you get a gold medal. And I was one of like three people that got three gold medals, and it was like a whole big thing. And this was like such a huge deal for me because I was like really unathletic. And like really um, – so like when we had the presidential fitness challenge, like I could barely run a mile. I could – I was like, how does a sit-up work? I can't, My body doesn't move like that. Couldn't do push-ups. Like I was just like so scrawny and little. And um, the reading challenge worked really well for me. That was where you excelled. Yeah, yeah. What about favorite movies and TV shows? 
Okay. Um, I loved Saved by the Bell. Same. Um, we were really into as a family the whole like TGIF, TGIF lineup, like Family Matters with like Urkel and like Full House. And I think there was a couple other shows that I really liked. Um, we did not watch a lot of TV. Like we did a lot of crafts and a lot of like playing outside. We I don't like I feel like I really missed out on movies because we didn't watch a lot of movies. So I feel like now as an adult, there's so many movies that I just like missed out on because we didn't do that. Did you watch a lot of cartoons or like kid shows? These no. all feel like teen shows kind of. No. Oh, interesting. We didn't really like we I remember like sometimes like my dad my parents would let us watch like cartoons like Roadrunner, like but they were like older cartoons that my like dad Looney liked. Tunes. Yeah, like Looney Tunes. Yeah. And I remember my grandmother would buy us every time Disney had a new video, she, she would buy it for us. Like, okay. I remember she bought us Fantasia and watching Fantasia like over and over again. And I remember we had like Sleeping Beauty and like the pink and the blue. Like I loved that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really like we did not watch a lot of TV. Like we, we were like a health food household. Like we were like eat, I was eating like hummus and like playing out in the woods. Oh, I feel like weekend cartoons <laughs> were really big deal in my house. Really? Yeah, because I, I don't recall watching a ton of TV during the week necessarily, but like on the weekend and especially when I was a kid, I would wake up super early. Yeah. And so I would just like get to watch TV. Um, but like I loved all the Nickelodeon shows and cartoons. Like Yeah. I remember my sister hey, watching some salute of that. your shorts. Yes. That was my sister. You because you're closer in age to my sisters. Yeah. So they would watch that, I remember. Yeah. And then also the cartoons like Rugrats and Doug and Hey Arnold. Like I was so into that. And also the um, I feel like Meredith loved Rugrats. And the one Saturday morning lineup. The only one I can recall out of that is Recess, but I was really into those shows too. Um yeah, but then on the movie side, when I was a kid, my favorite movie was Mermaids with Cher. That's, I was very into Cher in general as a kid. That's so funny. I think that's like not a kid's movie. It's though, not right? a kid's movie whatsoever. So we had a video store and whenever I got to pick the video, I, I would pick these two videos. So first is Mermaids with Cher, which is also has Winona Ryder and Christina Ricci. And I guess I'm just going to spoil this for you because if you haven't seen it, it's like 25 years old. So like you missed the window. Yeah. But basically a big part of the plot line is that Winona Ryder is a teenager and she loses her virginity to this man who works at at like a convent. And while she's losing her virginity, Christina Ricci almost drowns. Like, it is deeply inappropriate. And this was definitely a movie that I really liked in elementary school. Oh, my God. And then also the Arab there, which I think is with Michael J. Fox, which is super racist and, like, doesn't hold up well. But he works for a um, a college basketball team, and he goes to Africa to recruit players for his basketball team. Okay. Um, I was so into both of those movies. And then when I got to middle school, or when it came out, I was so into the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet. Okay. W- were you too old for that? I was too old for that. <gasps> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. The Clara Danes, Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, I would just watch on repeat. It was like the height of cool romance. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved it. That's funny. I think that came out when I was in college. Oh, man. You yeah. missed out. One thing I did love that was inappropriate was 90210. Um, I think it w- I was in seventh grade, and we always had an au pair stay with us for the summer like um, because my parents ran the restaurant, and so that was their really busy time. And I remember one au pair that we had was obsessed with 90210, and like I was allowed to watch it with her. And I think that there was just like an oversight on everyone's part. Like maybe the au pair should have known like that I shouldn't get to watch that. But um, I got addicted to 90210. <laughs> I used to watch that at my – great aunt and uncle's house. Um, I don't know why I watched it there, but I used to watch it there. And I, I remember watching it because I thought that it felt really cool, yeah. but it was completely above my head. Like I didn't get any of it because I, I rewatched 90210 in college. We used to watch on SoapNet. We used to watch it on like Saturdays. Yeah. There was like a marathon. Yeah. And so I, I watched all of it in college and I was like, yeah, I didn't get this at all as a kid. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. What about favorite toys? What were what kind of toys were you into? I was really into crafts. So I had a lot of beads. I um 
I really, I like, I didn't have like, I had a lot of toys, but I just remember like being really into my crafts, my craft supplies. I had like them all really organized. I had, I had, I loved my American Girl doll. I had Kirsten. I mean, you've seen the photos of me with my American Girl doll. Oh yeah, you had a whole me and Samantha. We had a whole photo shoot. I did not have a photo shoot like yours, but I loved mine. Oh yeah, I was super into American Girl doll. Yeah, I had, I had three of them. I had Samantha, I had Kirsten, and I had Addie, and I had a bunch of the clothes. I was like deeply into those and I was into the books too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of what some of my favorite toys were when I was a kid and the ones that stayed out. So first of all, I had this rag doll that I was obsessed with that I slept with until – definitely until high school who was just like a kind of giant rag doll that's probably like three feet tall. Oh, that's funny. I had a doll like that that I called my Jean doll after Jean Lint Mason. Oh. She gave it to me. And it was the creepiest doll. It was like a rag doll and it was big, but it had four different faces. So the head oh, spun around on the no. body. And it was like a Jean doll is sad. Jean doll is happy. Like it was, Mine was kind really of, creepy. Um, kind of like a blonde raggedy Ann. Okay. Was kind of what she looked like. And I remember at one of my birthday parties when I was a kid – I don't know who I got in a fight with, but she got torn up the crotch, basically. Like, somebody had one leg and I had the other, and she got torn. Oh, no. And so she was also kind of janky because she had to be sewn back together after that. Yeah. Um, Wow. So she wasn't – and also, I slept – I had her for years and slept with her every night. So she, like, wasn't – she was a little ragged. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I loved her. Um, I also remember I loved Dream Phone when I was a kid. Did you ever have that game? Um, I did not. Oh, my God. I loved Dream Phone. And then there was this game that we had. Oh, it's called, it was called Girl Talk where you had fake zits. Oh, you've talked about this before. I think it was kind of like Truth or Dare if I remember I correctly. Think I, I think I played that game and thought it was really cool. And then if you if you lost a thing, you had to put this zit sticker on your face. And I think you won by having the fewest zits. Interesting. I don't really remember. Apparently, it's $80 on Etsy, so I I guess I'm probably not going to relive that, but I loved those. I also was obsessed with – I don't know what they were called, but the fairy twirler things. Okay. It was like it had a base, and then you, like, pulled a cord, and then the thing, like, flew. Okay. I was into that. I was really into Barbie, too. I loved Barbie. I had a lot of Barbies. I was very into – I had a kitchen – set up for Barbie that had 8 million little pieces of, like, food and stuff. And so, like, it was very into setting up intricate things with that. Yeah. I think we had something like that, too. So let's take one more quick ad break before we come back to talk about things we collected in school lunches. (laughs) Hot topics. So today, I want to talk to you about Pros, which is the world's most personalized hair care. So I've been using Pros for about nine months now, and I'm on my third bottle of my custom formula shampoo and conditioner, and I'm completely obsessed. And I can tell a really major difference in the way my hair looks and feels. So here's how it works. You go on their site and you take their in-depth hair quiz. So they ask you about the obvious things like your hair type and your hair goals, but they also ask you some not-so-obvious things like about your exercise routine and your eating habits and your zip codes they can take into account environmental factors where you live. So they use all these inputs to create your own unique formula. And with their algorithm, there are over 50 billion combinations. Yeah, that's billion with a B. So when they say custom, they really, really mean it. So for me, I told them that I wanted to go longer between washes, to have less frizz when I air dried, and to work on my overall hair health. And they have delivered on all fronts. I find myself easily going three to four days before I reach for the dry shampoo, whereas before it was a day to necessity. Um, And my hair is definitely smoother when I air dry it. And my hair is overall healthier. It's shinier. I'm getting fewer split ends. And I think less breakage, too. Plus, I would be remiss not to mention the scent. So I get the Corsica scent, and it is hands down the best-smelling hair product I've ever used. It makes my shower feel so luxurious. And I'm also a really big fan of the review and refine feature. So when you go to reorder, you get another mini quiz where you tell them how they did on your hair goals and any changes to your hair. So for example, if you recently dyed it. And then they update your formula to make it even better. So truly, the longer you use it, the more custom and the better it gets. If you're still skeptical, you can try it risk-free. If you're not 100% sure that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. 
So Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. Take their free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Head to pros.com slash B-O-P. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash B-O-P for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. So Grace, I want to talk about school lunch because this was probably the weirdest part of my childhood. Okay, let's do it. So um, I hated sandwiches when I was a kid. And I – well, I specifically hated getting sandwiches in my school lunch because you know those – like the ice packs and then it makes the bread really like cold and soggy. Yeah. I really hated that. Okay. I remember that too. Like I had a real aversion to that. And I feel like the only kind of sandwich that you can make that you can't – you cannot refrigerate is peanut butter and jelly. And I was told I was allergic to peanuts as a kid, which I'm actually not. Um, so I couldn't have peanut butter and jelly. Okay. So for school lunch, my two favorite things that my mom would pack me were first, like tuna salad with Triscuits, which is like, sure, a little smelly, but like normal-ish. Okay. But then my second favorite lunch was shrimp cocktail. That's hilarious. My mom would get like little like a sh- just like cooked shrimp and then like cocktail sauce and I would bring that for lunch. And I'm like – Looking back at that as an adult, I'm like, first of all, what a bougie thing. But second of all, I was like, how was I not made fun of for that? Like, I don't recall it being that weird. That's really funny. I I think that's amazing. I mean, I got made fun of for my lunch. Why? What did you bring? I brought – my mom would make me a hummus sandwich. It was like two slices of bread – of like white bread. Or like probably – it probably wasn't white bread. No, my mom. It had to have been whole wheat bread. With sliced tomato in between and hummus. Which is really funny because that sounds like something that, like, as an adult, we would eat. Would be, it would be a good snack. Would, yeah, that would be good. But hum- nobody was eating hummus. This was 1990, like 1990. Well, I also remember there being like a very. Um, or 1995. Like, there was a lunch that was cool. Like, it was like either turkey or ham or peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. And or you got to buy lunch and get like the pizza or like like French bread pizza and stuff. And I got to buy lunch sometimes. I was always eating my hummus sandwich. And then like everyone else had gushers or handy snacks or like um, fruit by the foot. We had dried fruit leather, which now you can get at Trader Joe's or like anywhere. And it's like pretty mainstream. But those dried fruit leathers, like people would be like, are you eating poop? Like, what is that? <laughs> That's disgusting. And like, it was just from the health food store and it was like really good for you. And like my mom like made such good nutritious decisions for us as kids. Or I'd have like a Ziploc bag of carrots and people would be like, why don't you like – I just was like ostracized because I had these like weird like super healthy lunches. Oh, no. I got all the – I got all the trendy sides. Like I got the gushers or the fruit by the foot. Oh, all I wanted Dunkaroos. was gushers. She did buy me Gushers like a few times and like it was my favorite thing. The blue ones, that's like all I wanted was the blue ones. Oh, I don't like anything blue raspberry. I liked the red ones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think because I was like always eating these really natural things, like I wanted the like the least natural thing. I also really loved Teddy Grahams when I was a kid. Oh, I didn't care about Teddy Grahams. I liked those a lot. So I want to end it on probably the subject I feel most passionate about. What did you collect when you were a kid? So I tended to collect like small objects. Like I think like everyone else, I collected Beanie Babies. Like how into Beanie Babies were you? Like medium. I think it was more my sister's age group that was super into Beanie Babies. Oh, I was Beanie Babies. deeply into Beanie Babies. I had some. It's funny because my mom found all these Beanie Babies like when um, we went to – like when she moved and she was like, remember how we thought these were all going to be like that were thousands of dollars because it was like a rare Beanie Baby mm-hmm. like with the tag still on. Nope. Um, but, like, I had a really big collection of antique marbles. And I remember, like – Oh, that's cool. Yeah, going to, like, the antique store and, like, tracking down, like, these special – I had a book about marble collecting. And, like, I would, like, try and find these really rare marbles at the antique store. Do you have any of them still? Yeah. Um, I have a few here, but most of them are at my parents' house. And I had – oh, I had a coin collection. I loved my coin collection. Like, I had all the, like, the Susan B. Anthony silver dollars and things and – um, just like rare, like I think I had a gold coin and like silver, the big silver dollars. Um, I had that. What else did I collect? I collected um, like beads. I just loved beads. I always I had so many beads. Like everything, my mom would be like, it would be it was like klutz books and beads were all I wanted. And um, 
I had like a little collection of shells. When I was like really young, like a tiny baby, I had this little purple shell that was like my favorite thing. And like most parents would like not give their parent their kids like this little shell. It's like the size, it was like a little bit bigger than a thumbnail. And I carried it everywhere with me and like would fall asleep with it in my hand. And I would get really upset. Like I remember once we left the shell at a re- restaurant in Rhode Island and my parents had to like drive back and get the shell. Like thank God they didn't throw the shell away. <laughs> I loved like small little things though. Okay. What about you? Um, I collected everything. I was very into collecting things as I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I, I think you were too old for it, but pogs were really big. I remember pogs because my sisters got into it and I remember being like, that's stupid. Oh, I was so into pogs. I, I was really into the state pogs specifically. Yeah. Um, so I was really into pogs. I was super into Beanie Babies, like a not okay level into Beanie Babies. Like, first of all, I remember – so the Hallmark store in our town was where you could buy Beanie Babies, and they were such a craze that they would sell out. So on Saturday mornings, I think, is when they put out the new Beanie Babies, and so we would wait in line. I remember there at – I don't know what time, but to get Beanie Babies. And then here's the part where it really goes off the rails – is that there were like Beanie Baby trade shows or conventions and we would go to those and you could like buy rare Beanie Babies and you could like trade your Beanie Babies. And I was I, – I've also like I was probably not a very smart at like bartering or selling yeah. because I was nine or, yeah. or whatever. So I don't think I was getting very good deals or anything. But I remember going to those conferences and being so into seeing the rare ones and yeah, I was so into Beanie Babies. And then here's my weirdest one. Um, I was really into basketball cards for a while. What? Yeah. And it was – I think I was probably in fourth grade or so. So it wasn't even – because I didn't like boys yet. So it wasn't like I was in it for boys. But I think – I was trying to think about why I was into this. And I think it was because – were starter jackets really popular? Yes. Where you were? I had. I remember. I had a, like an orange and purple one. So I had. I I'm pretty sure I had a Dallas Cowboys one. But then I also remember really liking the Utah Jazz. But I don't think I had a starter jacket for it. I think I just liked the colors because it was purple and yellow. I think. Yeah, I don't remember what color what team mine was. It was I just liked the orange and the purple. So I think that maybe through starter jackets was how I got into basketball cards, but I remember being really into basketball cards, which is also funny because I don't think I didn't like watch basketball games or anything. Okay. And I like I remember having a book, like a binder with like the clear thing. I like I was really into collecting basketball cards and there was like the a store in our town that was like sports memorabilia or whatever and I would go buy packs of basketball cards to like see which one you got. I was so into it. Wait, did you collect stickers? Because I just remembered that was a big one for me. Um, yes and no. I liked stickers and I had a lot of stickers, but I really wanted to put them on things. So oh. I didn't really so much I had a bind because you said binder. I had one of those remember those photo albums where it's like the white page and it has like the adhesive mm-hmm. and then the clear stuff goes over it. Yeah. And you like smack it down. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of those photo albums all filled very neatly with stickers. Oh, no. I wanted to, like, put my stickers on my drawings or just, like, put them all on a page. I I wasn't really good at hanging on to stickers, but I liked stickers. I, lo- I had a great sticker collection. And, like, the um, oils. Did you have oil stickers? Oh, yeah. Those were my favorite. Obviously. Yeah. We went to this event, uh, uh, I guess it must have been in 2019, where Random House threw a book club oh, yes, fair. yes, we did. Um, for, for grownups and they had all these stickers and I remember you and I were like at the sticker wall and we were so, and like Although, this was two years ago. We were Mrs. so Grossman. into it. Yeah. We, we got cat stickers. I love stickers. Yeah. Love it. So that's our dose of childhood nostalgia for you. Hope you enjoyed it. I would also love to hear from you guys what you used to collect in the Facebook group or, you know, any of your weird things. I feel like I... I remembered so much that I had totally forgotten through writing the outline mm-hmm. for this. So I'm very excited for other people to jog other memories. Yeah. Shall we get into some end matter? Yes, let's do it. Um, do you have an Instagram session? I do, and I think you're really going to like it. I'm seeing this now, and I know it's a spinoff of something I love. It is. So I do not follow Zillow Gone Wild, but they have a new account, which is Zillow Gone Wild Celebrity Homes. And they basically cover real estate listings of celebrity houses, and I'm 
deeply into it. Some of them are really nice and some of them are like really tacky or weird. Oh, my God. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld just listed his $15 million t- Telluride home. Oh, yeah. I'm, su- I'm super into this account. Oh, I love this. Okay. What about obsessions? Do you have a regular obsession? Um, No, I don't. Oh. I, I feel like I'm just in like – You're feel in like a hole. You're I'm moving. not reading. I'm not um, like obsessing over anything. I'm like just apparently just drinking and packing. You're treading water. You're keeping your head yeah. above water. Yeah, I am. Um. So my obsession is I'm into I don't I don't Wait, actually, I have an Instagram obsession. Oh, you didn't put it in here. What's your Instagram obsession? It's called Pretty Book Places. And it's What's just that? an aggregator account, but it's all like pretty like libraries and pretty things with books in them. Oh my god, I need to follow this. Yeah. It has it's like pretty well known. A reader DM'd it to me the other day and she's like, I think that you'll like this account a lot. I was like, Ooh. Oh, I love this account. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Big fan. Okay. Yeah. What about um, regular obsessions? I do not have a regular obsession this week. So I think it's um, probably unfair to call it an obsession. But one thing I've been trying is the Pomodoro method. So basically the Pomodoro method is that you work for a chunk of time. And I have mine set to 25 minutes. And I have an um, extension for my browser for Chrome um, that does it for me. But you can also do it with just like a little timer. And so you do f- – 25 minutes and then you get a five minute break and every three Pomodoro, so every three chunks that you do, you get a longer break. And so I've been trying this because I'm I'm just feeling pretty overwhelmed right now with all that I have going on. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to get myself to sit down and do work and it's just hard to get into it. And then once I get started, it's much easier. So I've been using the Pomodoro method to trick myself into sitting down. I'm not very good at doing it once I get started because I either peter out after two and do something else or I just keep going through my break. Mm. But it's the thing that gets me to sit down and do it because I can lie to myself and say you only have to do it for 25 minutes and then you get a break. And I find that much more manageable mentally than being like, I have so much to do. Mm -hmm. And especially I find it really hard to write when I have a lot of things on my plate because I get stressed out by the emails I have to answer, the tasks I have to do. So I feel like using the Pomodoro method makes it feel more manageable because it's not like I'm going to sit down and I have to write for infinity. I'm like, I have to write for 25 minutes and then I can go deal with this other stuff. Yeah. So I'm new to it, but I I feel like it's um, a really good mental trick. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Maybe I should be doing that with all the drafts that I have due to brands this week. Honestly, the – Chrome extension is super easy. I like anything that has a Chrome extension. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. What about reading? So I have been a really bad reader. I just haven't had time or energy to read. But yesterday when I took the day off on Sunday, I was reading Breathless by Jennifer Niven. And this is a book that came in a PR mailer last year. And it's been sitting in my pile and I hadn't really mustered up any enthusiasm for it. And I saw Ashley Spivey raving about it. And you know that Ashley Spivey is one of my top book recommenders. She gave us the idea of you. She gave us Lie to Me. So she was raving about how it was one of her favorite books from last year. And I was like, oh, I got to read this. And I'm not finished with it yet, but like I can definitely see why. Okay. So it's a YA book. It's about a girl who just graduated from high school and her parents are getting a divorce. And she goes to this island off the coast of Georgia that's like very wild and um, there's no internet. And and so she's like completely disconnected from her friends and she meets this boy and it's like a first love type book. Oh, um, cute. And it's a little horny. Okay. Um, they definitely have sex for the first time. Um, it's not like weirdly graphic like the paper princess or anything, but um, it's very good so far. Oh, nice. What are you reading? I have also been a very bad reader. I've just been very, very social and also just like a little bit scatterbrained. I think you have a pretty good excuse. Yeah. I, um, I'm i reading Delicious by Ruth Reichel, which also happens to be our um, – what month is it? Our April book club pick. Do you want to give the pitch for it? I don't think I have enough to say about it yet. It's. It, I will say that I've been told that it is kind of like Devil Wears Prada meets Gourmet Magazine. And um, it's about this girl who – moves to New York and goes and works for a food magazine. She's the assistant to the editor. 
I don't know what's going to happen because I'm only like 50 pages in, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, I, I'll add to that. Um, that part of the book that you haven't gotten to yet is that there is a historical fiction twist that at the magazine's in the magazine's library, she discovers this correspondence between James Beard, who is a real chef, who fictionally who worked at this fictional magazine in the book, and a young girl who was, um, you know, like eleven or twelve during World War II. And so there's also a plot line about living during World War II and um, rations and and kind of like foraging for food and kind of making how food worked and how life was during World War II. Um, but it's such a good book. And yeah, if you have any passion for food or magazines or historical fiction, like I think it hits a lot of, um, hits a lot of notes. Yeah. I'm really excited to read more of it. I don't know what I'm going to read, but I'm looking forward to eventually getting back into reading. And of course, we're so obsessed with Ruth Reichel, who wrote, um, Save Me the Plums and Garlic and Sapphires, among other food memoirs, and who Mm -hmm. was the... Was she the editor-in-chief of Gourmet Magazine? Yeah, she was. So, you know, obviously has a lot of experience in the food world herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what we've got for you. Come talk to us in the Facebook group about weird kid things because I'm, like, very much into hearing about this. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman, and I would also love you to check out my other podcast, Rom-Com Pods, and our third season is coming uh, the first week of June. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.